All right, good to see everybody. I'll uh, get started. Just uh, I think you know a little bit by now. I like boxing, and I showed another analogy uh, to the defense today. Um, this one was from 1979 of uh, Leonard Benitez, and uh, after the fight, he goes, "I never, you know, swung and missed so many times, but." I knew I was going to keep fighting all the way through to the end. And he goes, it hurts, but that's what it takes to go win. And I thought I wanted the players to see that, to know early on there were some swings and some misses of some things. And so we changed midstream on some calls and some things. That's what you know our league's about and making changes and adjustments. I was uh, super pumped for the guys on their finish and their attitude of what that stood for. But uh, more than anything, man, I was proud of the guys, a couple guys in some new spots. Um, as we're going through and defensive end at safety and at other spaces. So I thought that showed a lot about who we are, how tight and connected they are. And so it's not the easiest thing to do. So that's why I wanted to make sure uh, give the players the, the recognition, the credit of moving around and, and even making some changes during the game. And they did that. And I was super pumped to see those guys uh, battle and the way they did. If it was ready to go past uh, four quarters, we were ready to do that too. So it was one of those kind of days where you just had a sense it was going to be tough and uh, battle. And it certainly was. So will, you walk us, will you walk us through where this happens because you lose Lawrence? Obviously, you you work put together your plan as a staff, presented it, had a practice, and yep. then you're going from that point on. Sure. How much? What it? You know? How much you tear up? How much time you spend redoing it? What What your approach is? Yeah, I would say definitely not tearing tearing it up, but. Uh, what I did think is I went right, you know, directly to Mike uh, post practice. Here's my thoughts. Um, you know, I'd heard, you know, with Randy's injury that he'd be out. I mean, excuse me, with um, uh, Demarcus's injury that he'd be out. And I said, here's what I'm thinking uh, in order to do that because we already had, um, you know, Randy out. And so he said, yeah, I think that's a good call. And so that's kind of when I put the plan into motion to change positions with Micah for the week. And he did that on Thursday and Friday and Saturday as a defensive lineman. And Donovan, you know, we didn't know, um, you know, what his status was. And so then, you know, him going out, you know, there's a lot of uh, moving parts as the game plan went along. I thought uh, the players really did a good job of maneuvering through that and making sure, you know, whatever way it was going to go, you know, Ukuamu was ready for reps. Hooker certainly took some. Curse took some. KZ was limited for a day. And we just wanted to make sure we had enough coverage uh, that we could go around. And certainly, the you know, the matchups were difficult against their offense. What does that say about Mike? Certainly, he could rush. He knew he, was a, he had the rush ability to play four-time defense and first time in high school. Right. He could do it midweek. Yeah, I'd say um, I'm hard on him. And uh, because I have, uh, you know, a lot of belief and trust in him, I would not have asked him to do that if I didn't think he was ready to do it. And this is the best thing for us to go win this game. And so he said, okay, I'm down. I'm into it. And so that's to me, um, you know, I wouldn't have even considered it had I not thought he could handle it. I've seen him what he, you know, done on the edge. And so doing it all the time is different than, you know, just doing it on third downs or in some two minutes. So uh, there's a lot of other factors that go into it because, quite honestly, he's never done some of the pressures and anything as a defensive end um, that, you know, he knows him at linebacker, but he didn't know him in that space. But uh, He's a quick study, and like I said, I got high standards for him uh, to make sure um, you know he hits the mark, and he certainly uh, did. You know, I, I anticipated you know some errors, and there's actually less than, than what I thought heading in. How much these and he's rushing using his hands? How much is that he's learning from Lett and, and Lawrence, maybe even yourself? idea about just using your hands to get to the quarterback. Yeah, I think that's already been part of, you know, his process. So it wasn't like um, he hasn't been working on the end of the line. You guys, you know, saw, you know, during training camp where we were working together and into the season. So he comes down to get pass rush work on a regular basis. But, um, you know, 
Tank has definitely been, you know, somebody that's had a, a good effect on him. I know um, he spent time with Demarcus. That certainly helped, and, and you know, we're with him on a regular basis. But uh, you know, like I said, I was proud of him. I got, like I said, I'm tough on him. I got high standards for him because of where I think he can get to, um, and so we'll continue to push him. And he's still developing as a linebacker too. So you know, you don't want to give him so many things that uh, you know, like let's you know, settle down and focus on things that he does really well. Man, so well, three days, you know, work at, at the end and have such an impact. You find yourself maybe we should keep him there. I mean, I, I don't know which position has the most impact for your team, but as a rusher, he was. You yeah, I thought he did a good job, and uh, that'll continue to be part of what he does. But um, there's also some really good linebacker things that he does, and so we're going to make sure we uh, don't overload him, but get him the right amount that he needs. And I think that's an important piece to that. To, if I ever feel like I'm pushing him over the edge of uh, volume or anything, that we back off. But uh, he was definitely chomping at the bit for more um, in the game, which is a good thing. That's what you want from guys. Was it something that you learned about him in the pre-drop process that he could handle a whole bunch of things? When did you kind of? Not, not yet to go through it, I think, here. And so, okay, I tried them in, you know, when we got here together in OTAs and did some things. Let's see what this looks like. Let's see what that looks like. So I would say it was more of a, you know, a byproduct of all the time that we had spent together. So that's why I really had very little hesitation to say, um, hey, this is, I know, you know, a job that you can get done this week and this is the best way for us to go win. And he was down for it. Well, Mike, the advantage is that if he's the type of player that you're, the quarterback has to wonder, is he lining up here? Is he lining up here? I mean, yeah, it definitely is if you're especially if you're standing up too. You know, if you're over on this side, you know, on the end of the line or over on this side on the end of the line, that's one thing. But if you add other elements to that, um, I think it only adds to it. Michael wants to play more, he wanted to play more for since he got here. Should he play more? Is he ready to play more of a snap count? Do you want do you think he's ready to see that increase? Um yeah, I like where he's at, and I think he, you know, I, we kind of hit the mark of where I hoped he would go, you know, as a defensive lineman in the game. I think he was in the low 40s, but um, yeah, definitely a lot different when you're uh, battling, you know, 320 pounders uh, as opposed to out, you know, guarding running backs and tight ends. So that factors in as well. What did you think of uh, Demonte Casey? Just mainly the, the interception. I can see the force fumble. I would say that's true, and I think that goes in the evaluation process on somebody, you know, whether they're coming up in college or, or they're in the NFL and you're looking at them as a free agent. And I think that's one of the things um, with the secondary, there's really some guys with very good ball skills. And Trey is certainly that way. You know, so when the team scouted him, you know, look no further than his, you know, receiver background, but he's got fantastic hands. and. Uh, Case has always been somebody that's had a real ball hawking mindset and a fearlessness and a boldness about him. So I love that about his style of play. There are different ways you could prioritize and rank skills. You talked about how ball skills was a premium. When you come to a new, a new team like Dallas, is that something you're like, okay, well, Trey has that, so let's get someone to pair with him because then that can be all in on our strength? Or how do you go about I think it's just you want it from this point forward as often as you can. And there's certainly a lot of guys here who already had, you know, good ball skills. I think Donovan does, you know, so as you're going, you know, Anthony does. And so as you're going through that, you want to make sure that you're continuing on to that. And so that was what was nice. We added some guys in free agency and in the draft and of the people that we did add onto that, um, I would say their ball skills were good or better, you know, in the evaluation. somebody. Is he almost at that point where you said? Uh, can you hear the first? Okay, yep, gotcha. Is that point where you say this is the opponent's number one receiver? He's on him, or he's not there yet. He certainly um, is ready for that challenge, and we have done that some already this season. 
you know, to put him into that spot, and he really has responded. So um, it won't be every game uh, that will do that, but there'll certainly be ones that we will. And uh, he's definitely, uh, you feel his intent, you feel his um, length and strength at the line of scrimmage. Um, and then I hit on the ball skills earlier, but I've been impressed by him by the first two weeks for sure. The interception he has, that just him, the, the film study, finding that route and just picking that off. Yep. And so onto those ones, you got to have good recall to know, hey, this is a route that could come up. This is when I can take a chance. This is when I can't. And you really have to do that out of the practice field to make sure that's a spot I can go to that's not. And so there's been times where he's undercut too much and the ball got thrown. OK, what would you learn? How do we play from that? And he plays against some pretty good guys on a regular. So he's got uh, plenty of good training. And But I'm very uh, encouraged about his progress. I really am. Jaglin and Nathan, what did you see from them on film? Obviously, they both got the team attacked. Well, I think uh, number one, we knew um, that this back, you know, could really break tackles. And that's, you know, something that we've seen, you know, from his past. He had, I think it was 2019, he might have had 90 catches, you know, where he was a factor. I knew he was going to be a factor in the passing game, and he was in ours. Um, you know, where he took some shots down the field. I think there was one on Leighton, and we got a, a foul on it. Um, another one down to Kiki, where he defended him, but there was a foul on the other side. And then after that, there were mostly underneath throws. But uh, that said, we knew that was going to be something to match. Um, but we knew we had to play strong in the run game, and those two guys certainly have the size and strength to do that. And I was pleased with both. Uh, Leighton and Jalen in there. I really thought he tackled. Um, there's one that he didn't, you know, on the touchdown that they scored, but I thought he was really secure in his tackling. And I thought that was, it's been a strength that he's a really competitive guy. And so um, down the red zone, he really stood up. And that's what I thought. Here's a matchup on a taller receiver to go against Williams. And they took their shots at him. And I thought, man, that was really impressed by him, you know, standing up. And I thought for him, uh, that was a good game, you know, that he really had to fight and battle and scrap all the way through. And that was one of the things, because of the size of these receivers, that you're going to have to go all the way to the ground through the catch. That's the kind of competition we're going to have. So a couple things. We knew the quarterback would rip it. We turned up the speed on the jugs machine to say, this guy can really rip. And then competing all the way through to the ground. And uh, Brandon Smith was one in practice that I thought we really challenged. And he did a good job of working through the receivers. And the guys were battling for him because we knew they were going to make some contested throws into tight windows. And those were the ones we'd have to fight and battle and defend for. Leighton drew three holding calls uh, in the game. Is that get marked in, his, in the grade reports? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, certainly on the one I can remember uh, vividly on the blitz where the you know center kind of came back and grabbed just because there was you know two guys into that spot. But he absolutely we call they had a force penalty, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's a big green plus. Mike said Curse got a game ball after the game. What, what's his impact been for you guys? Well, I think. Um, Number one, he's a really authentic leader. And for those of you who've been around um, JK so far, there's a uh, honesty about him, uh, you know, from teammate to teammate. And so that's always stood out from the spring to where, you know, he is today. But then him stepping in and, you know, playing really the entire game, you know, at both safety spots, we call it a big nickel, where sometimes he's down. You see him by the end of the line of scrimmage. You see him sometimes in a three safety defense. One of those players is generally the nickel. They play. They just take on that responsibility of that position. And J.K. and um, Hook have been two guys that we've done that with. And so it's a little bit of dual learning for them. But from some of the matchups, it's a good one for us. And so he's really responded to that. He's always had the history of you know being able to guard tight ends. But I think you saw the physicality and the blitzing and the tackling. And I thought, uh, man, that was a really impactful part of our game. And I thought he was that way. Did y'all know he was that good? I mean, 
obviously in Minnesota and in, in, in Detroit, I, think, he, I don't know if he played as much as he's playing now. You know, yeah, he had played some and in Minnesota, you know, like I was referring to earlier, they had some packages where he would, you know, you know, guard a, a big receiver and a tight end. And he's always kind of had that reputation and been known to do that. And so to see that role expand and uh, we've got great trust and belief in him. Um, more so in Atlanta, um, where we would match up onto some teams that were, um, you know, using someone as a featured tight end that could split out. Like so often, there's a, you know, on, on most teams, there's a tight end like this guy is a, he's a receiver and he's excellent at it. And so sometimes you want to match up somebody who's got a different skill set on the tight end. So that's why I think when you talk to, you know, to to Mike and to Steven and Jerry, and that's why the versatility on the, you know, the whole roster is a big deal. Why do we like safeties who've got length and speed? Sometimes it's just to do that role really good. And if we can get guys, this guy's really good for short yards. This guy can guard big, long, tight ends. This guy is fast enough to play out on the edge. This guy's a square nose tackle. And finding roles for about 18 or 19 or 20 guys, that's, to me, when you're going to be at your best. Because not every offense is built in exactly the same way. And so some guys want to feature different packages. And so you have to have enough depth and versatility to do that. And fortunately for us, we do have that kind of versatility, especially on the back end. We've got some tall, long safeties. We've got some guys that like to play in the middle of the field, like Kays. And so having the ability to move guys around into different spaces, that helps. You go from Brady to Herbert to now Hurts. What's the different challenge that this guy has than what you had the first two weeks? Can, can you hit the first two, please? Uh, Brady to Herbert to now Jalen Hurts. Oh, gotcha. Thank you. What's the different challenge with him than the first couple of games? Well, I would say, um, you know, we saw a little bit of the, you know, mobility, you know, in the some of the, you know, design quarterback runs this past week, you know, with Herbert. You saw that down the red zone, and he got outside the pocket to scramble for some. So I'd say those come alive, but this comes, you know, even to a, you know, to a larger sense in terms of how they'll feature him in the run game. So I'd say a lot different, you know, between the three players, you know, but uh, as we're going through the week, that's one of the things that we'll certainly have to prepare for, the, the legs of Jalen and the design quarterback runs. With and Herbert had some of them, but not to the extent that uh, Philly does, and certainly nowhere near the extent that Tampa had. <laughs> with, with the emphasis on rushing lanes that goes into Hurts, does Micah, if he's to stay at end, does his, his meeting schedule change? Is he spending more time in the D-line room than he would be linebacker room? How do you? Yeah, we haven't gotten down the road far enough yet to to figure out where and what, but um, that would be the case if he was, you know, just like we did this week, if he was more at one spot than another. Sometimes we even do it by day. If we're working more of a third down part of things, he'd be more with them. But uh, we haven't discussed what, you know, parameters we're going to put on that this week just yet. How was he with his rush lane? How was he with his rush lane stuff in the game yesterday? Was there one where he dipped inside and Herbert was able to get outside? Does he need to be more? Uh, concerned with contained in that situation, or is that okay? Um, sometimes that's the case. Other times, we're trying to draw someone inside, so the other side would go high. So we call that like a high-low. So if I was the left end, I might come up and under for the right end to go and see if he can create the chase. So. Um, other times, you just got to take your shot when somebody oversets you to go inside. So um, no, there was no issues from a contained standpoint on his responsibility. If there was one that he came under, there's usually someone coming to cover. And so whether that was a defensive tackle or a defensive end, um, but you no know, bust on his end on that part. You said you're pretty hard on him. How do you balance that feedback with, you know, he's kind of stepping into a pretty unique situation? Yeah, I think. Um, he reminds me of a guy way early on in my career that I spent a lot of time with. Um, 
Michael Bennett. And so, you know, for him, he was a defensive end in college. And I came to say, hey, man, we're going to, you know, put you down at defensive tackle. And he's thinking, what in the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know? And but, you know, he played a lot of really good winning football, you know, playing as a nickel three technique in Seattle. And uh, but he's somebody that just kept growing and growing and growing based on here was a new skill set that he could do. So with Micah, I'm challenging him to find the things that he does really well and make sure um, that I don't overload him, but I can find the exact things that I want him to get done. And so he's still developing, you know, and that's kind of the fun part of this to say, here's a guy, who, you know, played you know, limited time at Penn State for two years out last year, and now he's you know heading into his third game. We got a lot of work to do to keep developing, but I've got great belief in him, uh, and just you know, I can't wait to see where we're going to take him to. But uh, yeah, I've got a high standard for him. Is the balancing act of what he does best and, not, and letting him do what he does best, or does he does everything so well? That it's no, no, no. There's a lot to develop here. Yeah, let's. Yeah, he's he's not. Uh, you know. He's got a long way to go to develop. No, I, I know yes. You, said, you know, sometimes we master, you know, Jack of all trades, master. No, I mean, there's one, I mean, does he master, his dad's ability to master everything. I yeah, think he can run and hit like a, you know what, like that's his superpower. And he's got rare speed and physicality to do that. And so I want to make sure that we're always featuring that part of his game. You talked about how going forward, which position he'll spend a certain amount of time with will depend on the game plan. For daylight like today, when obviously his film's more defensive line, but you want to make sure that what the linebackers did, he's super aware for if he goes back to linebacker moving forward. How do you decide where, where it goes and where did it go? Um, to the defensive line for the film part, and then with Coach Edwards um, as another review after that about the linebackers. And what have you learned about his energy when he's on the field and how he rallies teammates, whether he's well, I think people lead in different ways. Um, and so for him, his leadership comes from like just relentlessly going. Um, you know, he's not somebody that's going to be the vocal piece to bring everybody around and go, but his energy, his speed that he plays with, the physicality, that's that's leading in your own way by putting that on the tape. Um, as far as the helmet goes, and I'm glad that you brought that up, you know, it's really not um, the way I view it as this um, big thing. It's more like you're starting the information. So if you had the, the green dot for us, you would start the information. Then I expect about another eight or nine guys to start talking. Here's the information. So it's not it's not it's different from a quarterback, you know, where you're making all the stuff and all the checks and all the things. When you get it to the defense, it's passing all the information to ten other guys and I expect them to talk. So it's more like you have to start the communication. And then from there the whole defense should be taking over. So I didn't want to be confused on and you guys be unaware of how I view that. You get creative in your readings. Do you ever have them like play a game of telephone to make sure that when it's going from next yeah, to next? Pass, it's basically pass the message, yep. And so the best of the best can do that. And it's pre-snap and it's post-snap. But the call to me, I could, you know, in the old days we just signal. So it's not that different than that, except we don't have to signal. So what happened when we signaled? Everybody started talking. Well, this is the same space of passing the message, and now everybody, the communication then goes to 10 other players. Your philosophy of communication and its importance, is that something that transcends your time in a football building, like in your personal life? Like, is communication something that carries Yeah, I would over? say that. Yep. I haven't been in uh, too many arguments with my wife. I said, man, we are really over-communicating right now. You know, So I would say it's super important in any uh, walk of life. Everybody who's laughing right now is certainly thinking in their own space. Yeah, that's definitely not the case. So 
yeah, super important on the communication side and um, being comfortable with the uncomfortable conversations too. Like usually it's not as bad as we make it out in our own head. You know, like, hey man, this is what's going on. This is what we need to do and this is how we're going to get it done. I think most ball players would like direct communication because quite often they've been bullshitted a lot in their life through recruiting, through college and in the NFL and this coach, yeah, you're doing good and then behind, why am I not playing? So like direct clear, concise communication is good. And I don't care what sport you're playing in. If you're going to play good defense, uh, you better be talking. How long have you been married to one guy? We have been married 25 years. So we've had lots of good communication. So no fights? Lots of good communication. <laughs> All right, you guys have a good one. Thank you. Thank you.